Well, praise God. Um, so true to know that He is with us and He's a God who speaks to us as well. And so we wanna give a special welcome to Pastor Andrew, who's coming to share the Word with us, our final week of Jesus the Game Changer. So wherever you are watching online, just put your hands together. Welcome Andrew, even though he can't hear you. Welcome him as he comes to share God's Word with us today. Well, thanks, Nathan. It's great to be with you here this morning as we continue in our series, uh, Jesus the Game Changer. And I particularly just want to welcome anyone that's new with us. If uh, this is the first time to join in on a Bridgman service, it's so good to have you. As I mentioned before, we're in this series of Jesus the Game Changer. Um, as, a, as we look at this, the, the topic for today is uh, crossing the cultural divide. And as I thought about this, I thought it's great just to come from a foundation or to set a context for this topic of crossing the cultural divide. And, and the heartbeat behind it all is the reality that God is love. And the reason that we would cross a cultural divide, the reason we would reach people is that God is love. And actually in one of the most well-known scriptures uh, in, the, in the Bible, in John 3.16, we read this. It says, for God so loved the world. There, there we see that it was God's love for the world that moved him. And it goes on to say that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So in that sense, we have a God who loves. He, he is love. Um, but a God who crosses the, probably the greatest cultural divide there ever has been in that he sends his son Jesus coming from heaven uh, to earth, uh, reaching out to humanity. And then we see the breadth of that love was for the whole world. And so I wanna say right from the outset, as we look at this topic of crossing the cultural divide, that it comes from the heart of God to love all people and that moves us. We are compelled by love to reach out to people. Um, and what I love about this message that we get to share is this God who loves people, uh, a God who has come to rescue people, to save people, uh, to reconcile them, to forgive them. This amazing message. It's not just a, a nice message. It is actually powerful and effective. And, and we've seen that across the world. Um, actually, just this week, I was reading some stories about what God's doing around the world. And uh, in prisons in the UK at the moment, there's 80 prisons that are streaming the Alpha course into these prisons. And we are seeing prisoners hear this great message and be impacted in their heart and changed in their heart in the prisons in the UK. But then I, I read these stories about tribal people in PNG, the highlands of PNG. Uh, this clan called the Coconut Clan. And there's a man named Anton in the Coconut Clan who grew up and had his family and he lived under the fear of spirits, wondering if the spirits, these fickle spirits, would bring him prosperity in his garden or to his family or not. And that same message that impacted prisoners in the UK is impacting tribal people in PNG. And he has been impacted and changed when he's recognised there is a God above all things 
who loves him and has come to him and saved him. And no matter where you go in, this, in the world, there are people that God loves, but this message that we have to share is impacting and transforming hearts and lives all around the world today. And we're invited into this story as we're called to cross the cultural divide. Uh, as we look at this, I just want to look at a, a story of the ministry of Jesus, actually, as he lived and walked here on earth. He had this encounter with um, a Samaritan woman at a well that I want to read the story um, here today. And we can uh, learn from uh, what Jesus did as he connected uh, with this lady. If we look at John 4, 1 to 9, I'll read the story. It says, Now Jesus learned that the Pharisee, Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and he went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to, me, to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So there's a, the first part of the story there. And it's very interesting wording in verse 4. It says, Now Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now the reality is, if you, you read about the context of this passage, is that Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. Uh, actually, in the time that the usual route the, the Jews would take, and, and I've got a map there that you might be able to see, is that if they were going from uh, Judea, uh, where Jesus had been teaching, and he was moving north to Galilee, usually they would head far east and far west and then head north to avoid Samaria and come back into Galilee. Uh, this is because the Jews hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jews and they would avoid at all costs going through Samaria. This brings back to, you know, in the past, the, the Samaritans had intermarried with the enemies, the Assyrians. Uh, they'd also changed religions and worshipped from a, another temple. They were looked down upon. There was great animosity. And so they would go around Samaria but in this passage, we have this very interesting wording that says Jesus had to go through Samaria. Why is it? Well, commentators would say that he was compelled by love to reach out to the Samaritans, to reach out specifically to have this conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well. And then the influence of that or the impact of that would be upon the township that she lived in. He was compelled to reach out. That's what Jesus was doing, not avoiding, but reaching out into this lady's life and into the township's life. And so that's the first point I want to make here this morning is God's love compels us to reach out. In this episode, this week's episode of Jesus the Game Chaser, Carl speaks specifically about the growth of the church in China. It's actually an incredible story. Um, the, the Chinese church now is one of the biggest in the world, even if it's underground, it's growing and it's massive. But way back in 1850, there was very, very little uh, Christian influence in China. And a young man in England, Hudson Taylor, 
knew about China, there was 400 million people there at that stage that really had never heard this message of Jesus. And Hudson Taylor was compelled to reach out to them. And he uh, made the sacrifice to go over there and to live his life reaching out to Chinese people. But as he got to China, he was surprised to see that the, the small enclaves of Christian work that were happening were all along the coast. And they were these churches that invited the Chinese in to come and to be with them and to become like them. But Hudson Taylor had a vision to reach out. He said, well, what about the 300 million that live in inland China? And he uh, had this vision to reach all of China, to reach out that the church must break out of the walls and stop inviting people come in but that he must go that they must reach out and he flipped this vision or the, the way that they, they were reaching the Chinese flipped it and said we must go out to them we must be compelled to reach out and he began to live with them he dressed like them he ate like them and he became friends of them and began the China inland mission as we look at the history of, of the Christian church, the growth of God's kingdom, we see that it spreads through people. And it's not unlike, just to use an illustration, the spread of, a, of the coronavirus. It spreads through people. I know when I first heard about the coronavirus, I was... Um, shocked really at how quickly it would spread. Just a few people in China, but after a number of months, it had come, become a pandemic across the whole world. Uh, it spread so quickly through people. Actually, a, a week or two before we were closed down in any ministry here and there's a social distancing restrictions taking place, I remember running a night of Families Connect here at church on a Wednesday night. We were expecting maybe 150, 180 people to come around church. And that afternoon, even as I was setting up, I just started feeling a bit fuzzy in the head, maybe like a little bit of a cold. And just the thought entered my mind, I wonder if I've got coronavirus. It's just, just in my thought. But we, we had that night and I thought, imagine if I did have coronavirus I've just interacted with up to 150 or so people, you know, greeted people, got around the tables, welcomed people. I wonder how many people I might have infected if I did have coronavirus, maybe let's say 40 or 50. And in the next 24 hours, all of those people have gone to their workplaces, all those people have gone to their schools or wherever they are, and they could potentially be infecting more people. This is how the virus spreads, and it's actually incredibly powerfully the way it spreads through people. And it's incredibly hard to actually stop, isn't it? But here in Australia, we've seen, um, thankfully, the way that it can be limited. And that's by social distancing and, and stopping people from connecting from one another. And if we're looking at the, the way that the, the growth of the church or the spread of the church could be limited, it is by uh, stopping people reaching out, by just keeping us together. And this is what Ch uh, Hudson Taylor was all on about. He said, it's not about us staying together. We've got to get out. We have to reach out. That is how God's kingdom grows. His love is not for us to, to, to keep to ourselves. We must share that. And he was motivated by this and compelled by the love of God. You know, the church gathers traditionally on a Sunday, but then we are scattered. We are scattered to be able to reach people, to love people, to share with people. Actually, Jesus said it himself. He says, as the Father has sent me, 
I now send you. We are a sent people wherever we are to reach out to others. I want to tell you, church, that no matter where you are placed, God has placed you there for a purpose. He strategically placed you as, as his person in that environment to share his love with those people. If you are in a university, he has placed you there specifically to be his presence, to be his hands, his feet, his mouthpiece in that place. If he has placed you in your specific workplace, he has placed you there for a reason. Wherever you live and the families that are living around you, it is no accident. God has specifically placed you in that place to be his witness, to share his love with the people around you. Even the family he has given you, you know, we are, we've been given that family to share God's love to our children, to our family, to reach those around us. It is no accident. And we are all called to share this love with the people around us, to not hold it to ourselves. And I want to encourage you, church, that this, this is your heart. We've seen it over the last few months, particularly through the Hamper ministry. I know so many of you have given generously to the Hamper vision to, to help our community by giving these gifts, these hampers to those in need. Many of you have been praying over these hampers. It's incredible. Uh, the way um, you've caught that vision as a church and wanting to reach out. We're not here for ourselves, but in this time we're here to help our community, to reach out to those around us. And I just want to share just a few hopefully encouraging stories about the way God has used you to show love to people in our community. Uh, this week I had a chance to connect with over Zoom uh, Henry Olivares who leads Spanish Connect here at Bridgman. And he's been delivering hampers. He and his wife, um, Carolina, um, delivered 40 hampers last week. They took the hampers into Roma Street Parklands, uh, situated themselves there, and they'd told people on social media that if you're in need, just come grab one of these hampers. The church just wants to share this as a gift of love, uh, showing God's love to you at this time. And they set themselves there in the Roma Street Parklands and watched as different students, mostly international Spanish-speaking students, came to connect with them. And on Saturday, there was this young student from Chile who came and shared with them. And they would always ask a little bit about their story of what's happening in their life and how they challenged. And, and this, this young student began to share her story. Um, she said, I've got very little money and I found myself having to make a really tough decision this week. Um, do I send the money that I have to my mother uh, so she can eat and get food there in Chile or do I keep the money for myself that I could get food to eat? And just today as I was pondering this, I saw your message on Facebook that you were offering us free hampers just to come and get grocery hampers and I've come down to receive a hamper today. And this, this young girl was overwhelmed as Henry and Carolina gave her this hamper. And she said, oh, I am so thankful for what you've done. Let me volunteer. Can I help you with what you're doing? I want to be a part of this. I want to give to others and volunteer. And I want to tell you that when the doors of your church open, I want to be there with you. 
What an incredible story. And I pray that she might be able to join us. And now Catalina is connecting with her throughout the week. And, and the student has since said, you know, I was feeling so isolated. I was feeling so alone. But now I have a place where I feel like I belong. I'm not disconnected anymore. What an impact, just a simple gift of love this has had upon this young lady. Another man who received um, one of the hampers was from Colombia. Uh, and he'd been trying to earn money by being an Uber delivery driver on his, on his bike. He was uh, um, delivering Uber Eats. And he saw the message also on Facebook about these free hampers. And he came to Henry to pick up a hamper. And he said, oh, I never believed there would be someone who would speak my own language that would be able to help me. You see, he was feeling so vulnerable. You know, sometimes there was offers of help, but he never really knew if there were strings attached and it was just another person trying to get him to sign up for another course. But here, Henry was able to communicate in his own language. Again, that this was just a gift of love. You know, we've got to understand that some of these people are so disorientating living in a foreign country and particularly in a, in a time like this. And Henry said to the men, well, how many live in your household? He always asked that question just to know how much to give them. And he said, I have, I have a wife and, and kids. And Henry said, oh, we'll take another hamper. He'd take two hampers. And as he gave this second hamper, this man just began to cry. And he said, um, you've got no idea what you have done for me today. He said, this morning I've had no Uber Eat, del eat deliveries at all. And you've been such a blessing to my family. Over and over, Henry said, I've got so many stories to tell, but over and over as people received these hampers, people would come back with comments like, God is everywhere, or God has not forgotten me, and God is with me. And Henry said the overwhelming feeling for people was a feeling of like relief or refreshment that they have been cared for and loved by God. Um, Church, I truly, I truly want to thank you for your generosity in giving towards these hampers. And I've been in prayer meetings and I want to encourage us, join in these online prayer meetings because I've been in prayer meetings where we've prayed exactly that, that people would see these gifts as not coming from us, but actually a message or a, a God reaching out to each one saying, I love you and I haven't forgotten you. And one of the best stories actually um, that I love in this whole story is one of um, Henry's friends called Fernando. Now, before the COVID season uh, came, um, Fernando rang Henry. He didn't know him beforehand, but rang Henry and said, have you got any work for me? Is there any way I can help you? And Fernando started working with Henry. He's not a believer at all, but just um, wanted to help out with Henry and his work. And, but throughout this season of them delivering the hampers, Henry said, well, I can help you. I want to be a part of this. And here's Henry watching what God's doing, listening to every conversation and being part of um, the love of God impacting all of these lives. Um, and Fernando is saying, I love this. I love being part of this. This is making me feel so joy filled being a part of what you were doing. It's incredible the impact that these hampers are having as we reach out. It's about being intentional and reaching out wherever God has placed us to share the love of God with those around us. The second thing I want to look at in this passage is that um, love compels to cross that cultural divide. If we read in John 4, 7-9, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? 
And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So culturally in this story, there is no way that Jesus should be talking to this Samaritan woman. As I've said, that the Jews hated Samaritans, that usually they would avoid that area. But here you have Jesus speaking to the Samaritan woman. Not only that is um, in, the, in the day, Jewish men would not speak to women, let alone Samaritan women. Often, even in public, I read that even um, Jewish men would not talk to their relatives, um, female relatives, in, in, the, in public. They just would not converse. So that's the second reason that Jesus should not be talking to her. And then thirdly, she was drawing water with a jar and that if Jesus used, it would make him religiously, ceremonially unclean. And so there's another reason that Jesus shouldn't talk. And then later in the story, we actually find that this lady had a, a promiscuous reputation. Um, and that's probably why she came at noon, because she was trying to avoid all the other women, and she was isolated and lonely and shunned in her society. So there's every reason for Jesus to not reach out to this woman. But in it, we see that he's willing to cross a racial divide, gender divide, a religious divide because of his love for her. And here we see a lady that's usually shunned, usually on the, on the outer, actually being esteemed by Jesus. He asks for a drink of water, valued by Jesus as he gives her time. And that would have been just so impacting for her. Why is this man treating me so different, differently? And this is our God. I want to say that this is our God. This is a, a revelation of Jesus' character, but God's character in the fact that people matter. Individuals matter. Their hearts matter. That, that God's love sees past racial divides. Whether you're rich or poor, black or white, whether you're hurt or healthy, if you're sick or um, whether you... Um, yeah, it's, it's an all-encompassing love. There are no limits or barriers to God's love. And I want to say that to anyone listening to me right now. For whatever reason, you might be, think that you are beyond God's love whether you've, you've gone too far, whether you're too sinful, whether you are from a particular race, whatever it might be that your, your experience is, there is no limits to God's love and Jesus will break through all of those barriers because he cares for you. And he calls us to love with that same love and to see through any barriers that might be in our mind or in our society, in the way we've been brought up, whatever it might be, to reach individual people that God loves. He loves all people, the whole world, everyone. And he wants us to see past those and to cross those cultural barriers. A few years ago, I was down on the Gold Coast in July and with a team that was connecting with people from the Middle East. In the, on the Gold Coast in July, many thousands of tourists come from the Middle East. It's the summer there. And they come to the Gold Coast, to the beaches, just to enjoy a holiday. If you walk through Cavill Avenue in July, particularly at night, you will see many, many people uh, from the Middle East. And we were just there over a week, just getting to know people, uh, inviting them, welcoming them, sharing coffee with them. Um, as we connected throughout the week with various tourists that were on the Gold Coast at that time. 
And it was after one of these nights, the next day we're having a team meeting that one, in our, one person or a, a couple of ladies shared this story with the rest of the team. They said, we met this family. I can't remember from what country, but from the Middle East. And we started talking to them. And they said, we've been holidaying for eight years here on the Gold Coast and you are the first Australians to ever welcome or connect with us at all. And I heard that and I thought, that is, that's actually shocking, isn't it? Um, but in one sense, as I thought about it, it's like not really surprising because as you can imagine in, in our thinking that there are many barriers to cross. You know, people might think, well, they're dressed differently than me. Would they even want to hear from me? Would they want to know me? I might feel awkward culturally connecting with someone from a different country. If I did welcome them or start a conversation, would they even understand me? I mean, do they know my language? Uh, will I offend them? All these thoughts probably come through people's mind about connecting with someone from another culture and another religion. And so it's not necessarily surprising that it is the case, but it is shocking but God's love calls us to cross these cultural divides, to reach out in love to all people. And actually it's in those moments when we cross those cultural divides that it has a powerful impact. When people actually see that, well, why are you loving me? Or why are you reaching out to me when no one else would? Or why are you treating me this way when, when I, I feel you would uh, avoid me? But God's love crosses these divides and it's unexpected and it's impacting and, and particularly for this family before too long they'd asked these two ladies that they'd met up into their hotel room they'd got all the food out they'd got gifts for them they'd invited them to their country to come and visit with them they'd welcomed them they'd connected with them because they were courageous enough to cross that cultural divide and to love something amazing it opened up for them and crossing the cultural divide, I, I know it can be challenging, but it doesn't need to be difficult. Um, we don't need to be famous missionaries like Hudson Taylor. Um, the language of love is truly universal. And if we have courage to cross those cultural divides, we can love and serve people within our community. We can give flowers. We can invite people for a meal or maybe a cup of coffee. We can love them and listen to them. And, and as we do that, we begin to understand them. And someone once said that you cannot love someone until you know them. And it's incredible what happens through a conversation, maybe around a meal or a table, when you begin to listen to someone, the love that grows for a person once you begin to understand them. And that all, that's all it is in terms of crossing a cultural divide and reaching out to people, just simply loving them with all that we can in the simplest of ways. I wonder this morning if there are religious barriers, maybe cultural barriers, social, economic barriers? What are the barriers that it might be limiting in our minds what God might want to do in and through us in our community, whether it's a cultural one or even just any barriers stopping us from reaching out and loving those people around us? And thirdly, in this story, I want to look at the, the reality that love compels us to share about Jesus as we go. Um, Jesus connected with this woman in a, in a very ordinary way, just as he was going about his daily life, getting a drink of water. It's just an ordinary experience. 
Um, there, there was no special outreach. There was no programmed activity. He was just doing life. And as he did life, he connected with and shared with this lady. He valued her, he loved her, and he shared spiritual truth with her. And that's all it is, the Great Commission. That's all sharing God's love in this world is. It doesn't need to be complex. Sometimes we have made the Great Commission uh, so complex, and partly it's because we've misunderstood uh, understood the Scripture. And I want to read it here for us. Um, the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations.'" baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. Let me just have a look at that scripture. There are, there are actually four things that, that we are called to do. Now that's to, to go, to disciple, to baptize and to teach. And in the Greek form, there's one of those that is like an imperative action. And, and that is, um, yeah, look, what must happen. And often we have understood this verse with the imperative being to go. Go, go to all parts of the world. Go, leave your job, go to this country, go everywhere. And then once you've gone, do that, then disciple, baptize and teach. But actually, when you look at the Greek construction of this passage, the imperative in this passage or this verse is actually to disciple. It's saying the first thing you must do, the most important thing you must do is disciple. And to disciple is just to teach people about Jesus, show people Jesus' love, help them to follow Jesus. So he says, that's the most important thing. Help people to know Jesus and follow Jesus. And as you're doing that, You'll do it as you go. <laughs> and as you're doing that, people will be baptised. And as you're doing that, teach them how to obey Jesus. But the most important thing to do is to, uh, to disciple. And the go is actually as you are going. In your daily life, as you go about your daily life, disciple, point people to Jesus, show Jesus love, teach and when we look at it in that way, it's incredibly simple. Just live out your life, but as you are doing it, show the love of Jesus and share the love of Jesus. As you go to the shops, share and show the love of Jesus. As you go to work, share and show the love of Jesus. As you working with your kids and pick them up from school, share and show the love of Jesus. As you interact with your neighbours, share the love of Jesus. Don't, don't worry about going. Don't go somewhere specifically and become a missionary. No, we're all missionaries. We're all called to share and show the love of Jesus. And as we understand it in this way, it can bring us great relief. I don't have to have some special calling to go somewhere. I don't have to be one of these special sold out missionaries. I just have to be who I am, to live out my life where I am, connecting with the people where God has placed me. And God will use the gifts he's given you, the situations, the circumstances, the connections that he's given you. He's not expecting you to be anyone that you're not. And even greater than all of this, 
The work is his and not yours, not mine. We are just called to make ourselves available and say, God, here I am, use me. And as we do that, I I don't want us to be afraid about the sense of sharing Jesus. I want us to be excited. It's just living out our daily life and it's His work, not ours. We just make ourselves available. And yes, some will be called to go to different parts like Hudson Taylor where Jesus is not known at all. But one of the exciting things about the days today is that the world is coming to us. I've just been recently reflecting about my four closest neighbours. I have an Englishman on one side. I have Indian neighbours who have just um, been through Ramadan on the other side of me. Across the road, I have another family of Indian um, people. And then just recently, my neighbours just a few weeks ago moved in across the road from us and they are from the Middle East. That's just the four direct. I actually don't have a direct neighbour that is originally born in Australia. Um, This week during Connect Group, I was speaking to Luke and Amy uh, in our Connect Group and they were sharing a story of how the last two years they've celebrated Christmas by inviting their Hindu neighbours and another neighbour to come and celebrate Christmas. And in that opportunity, they get to share what Christmas is all about and the message of Jesus. Here they are sharing with people from other parts of the world, from other backgrounds, from other cultural and religious backgrounds, living out their life as they do it here in Australia. At church, one of the most exciting things I've, I'm, I'm beginning to realise is that if you uh, can love, if you can be a friend, and if you speak English, you have probably one of the most, you're probably one of the most equipped and powerful missionaries in the world today by just speaking English. It's incredible what God is doing And uh, Nathan shared it last week about this this message or vision that he gave us, God gave us, um, to reach everyone everywhere. And many of you have heard that over the last six or seven weeks, we've taken our G'day Saturday English, conversational English classes online. I think last week we maybe had 81 to 85 students and this week I heard we have 15 new students that have registered for online classes. Takes us to around 96, around 100 students have registered for those online classes. But what has been super exciting, all of those students come from different nationalities, but in this season we have had people connecting in from overseas, actually zooming in from Argentina Zooming in from Chile, from Brazil, from Taiwan, from Japan, from China and from Lebanon. All of these countries, people have been joining our online English classes here in Brisbane from these countries. I heard this week one of the Lebanese students was up at 2.15am to be part of their English class here with someone in Brisbane. It's incredible what God is doing. But even in that, again, we see this picture of a God who is interested and loves people. He is reaching out to people. One of our students shared this story with me. Um, uh, Andrea is a student from Colombia. And again, she is actually here from Brisbane. Uh, She was chosen, I'm not sure if it was by her family or, or, or who made the decision, but she was chosen as the person that would come to Australia to do a six-month English course to learn English that she could then get a job, a better job that could support her family. 
And she had signed up and paid the money to come to Australia. She'd come over here in February. And as we all know, COVID season came not long after that. And here she was in a foreign country. Her classes weren't happening. She couldn't earn any money from a part-time job. And she was stuck here, isolated in Australia. When she stumbled across our English classes and joined um, our English class. And her first English class was led by Ellen and Haley. And Ellen and Haley just led that lesson. And then right at the end, we often share a scripture or something like that. And uh, they shared this scripture of the fact that God knows the number of hair, hairs on our head and that we are much more valuable to God than the sparrows that he feeds. And as they were sharing this scripture, and Ellen um, sent it to Andrea in Spanish as well, as they could see her listening they see that she's beginning to cry or or tear up she's been impacted by this truth that there's a God who cares for her and loves her and then at the end of the lesson um, Andrea just didn't want to leave she was just wanting to stay Uh, Ellen said um, she just didn't want to go and there's this connection that's been had there that here she's experienced something of the love of God and been impacted by that And then the following week, Ellen was able to catch up with her and to have coffee and get to know more of her story. And then this uh, week, she also delivered a hamper uh, to Andrea. Uh, Here, simply by sharing the language of English and just using that to love people, um, a life has been impacted. The God of heaven, the God who loves all people is reaching out to Andrea, loving her. And as we have this vision to reach out, to get outside of the church walls and just to reach people in the simplest of ways, to shower his love, God is incredibly at work. One other uh, story from G'day Saturday in the online classes is um, a a lady from Colombia who was part of our classes before the online um, season. And uh, she was part of these classes and Haley was teaching her and befriended her and uh, once the classes went online, Haley also had a friend who had been a missionary in, in Venezuela. And uh, Haley thought, well, why, you know, my friend wants to keep learning Spanish and keep up her Spanish. And my friend who's in these English classes wants to continue to learn English. Why don't I connect them and they can teach each other these languages um, throughout the week? And so she connected them. And that was amazing. They're just continuing to encourage one another. But then in that, um, the... Uh, the Ali, who was a missionary in Venezuela, had these Bible studies in English that she wanted translated into Spanish. And so Ali asked the student, can you help me just to translate these Bible studies into Spanish? And now the student is helping her uh, translate these Bible studies into Spanish and being a blessing to Haley's friend, the mutual blessing that's coming from this connection as they love one another uh, in that instance. It's incredible what God is doing and incredible the opportunities that God is opening up for us simply by loving and reaching out and crossing that divide but simply in living life as we go intentionally. He invites us into that. I want to encourage this church that God is incredibly at work and that we are scattered to share his love in whatever place he has given us, to, to be sent into those places carrying the love of Jesus. 
Sometimes here at church on a, on a Tuesday, I, I pray for us as a church, no matter where we are scattered, all in your workplaces um, or, or, or schools or university, that we would be showing God's love in our community. And it's incredible the potential of that. And I want to encourage us to see that we are all intentionally called to do this. We've all been sent by Him. And I just wonder what it could be like if all of us begin our days saying, well, God, here I am. How would you like to use me to share your love this week? God, how can you help me to reach out? It starts with prayer and starts being led by him in it and saying, God, here I am. Open my eyes to see the needs. Open my ears to listen to those around me. Show me how I can love. What would it look like if we all live in this posture? And I've got no doubt that as we do that, His Holy Spirit will prompt us. And as we obey those promptings, it's incredible what is sometimes on the other side of those promptings. That as you follow that, who knows what God is going to open up in your life and those around you. I'm sure Henry and Carolina six months ago when they felt prompted to lead Spanish Connect had no idea what God was about to open up but they obeyed and they took the first step. They followed that first prompting and then the second prompting and God opened up an amazing story. Sometimes we see the results of that story in the short term. Sometimes, like we heard last week, it can be 13 years. But God is opening up something as we follow those promptings. And for Henry and Carolina, now it means 120 Spanish connections in the city, 70 new connections uh, since the hampers were given out in this online season. They had no idea God was going to open that up, but they followed that first prompting. I want to encourage us to open ourselves up to God, hear from God, be open to God, let Him work through us, follow those promptings that we might see what God might do. And just to finish uh, today, I just want to pray over us, just that sense um, that we are all commissioned to be God's hands, his feet, his mouthpieces, reaching out to those around us. And so wherever you are, I just want you to sort of, whether that be open your hands up in a posture just to receive from God or just stop and reflect on the connections and the, the people he's placed in your life. And I want us just to, all of us to have that openness to say, here I am, God, open to, to be used by you to share your love in my community. Would you do that now as I pray? Oh Lord, I want to thank you that you are always at work. It's incredible to hear some of these stories. You are a living God who is longing to reach people in our community and, and right across the world, actually. And Father, now as a church, we just bring ourselves before you to say, God, here we are. Use us. Help us to reach out intentionally. Help us to cross those cultural divides that they wouldn't limit what you want to do in and through us. Help us to follow those promptings in our just general day-to-day -to, -day to be open to be used by you. And Father, I want to pray, Lord God, that we would know your voice, that we would know your leading and that you would lead us in ways that, um, I guess, amaze us, that Lord, we too, like Jesus, would be compelled by love to reach out to people. And that you would give us courage to follow those promptings. And Lord, I want to pray that there would be works just of your spirit in and through us in workplaces, in schools, in universities, 
in, in language groups and in cultures, Lord, through every one of these hampers that goes out, that people would know that they are loved by You, that the God of heaven, their Creator, is reaching out to them through us as a church, that we could be um, people who are known to love well, to reach out well, to serve our community, to serve those in need, we pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. We're going to continue with our service this morning as we continue to worship. Um, And let's pray that God would lead us this week to be such a blessing in our community. Let's worship together. Well, praise God for these truths that um, we've heard about, that we've just been singing about right now. Um, Praise God for His love for us. Praise God that He is so present by His Holy Spirit. And this morning, I'm very aware that as you've been tuning in today, you may have sensed that God has just been speaking to you, something stirring in your heart, in your spirit, and maybe you don't even know fully what that is, but you just sense something's happening today. Well, that's just the Spirit of God reaching out to you and wanting to connect with you personally, wanting to be in relationship with you. And so if you're watching this morning, I wanna encourage you just to respond to that prompting, just to take a step of faith. This is such an important, the most important step you can make in your life is just to respond to what God is doing in your own heart and your own life. And so one of the ways you can do that this morning is just on your platform you're watching on, just to click on the Respond to Jesus link there. And as a church, then we can get in contact with you and we'll send you some information to help you. We'd love to pray for you as well. But you can do that this morning as a step of faith, just to say, God, I wanna know more. I wanna know more about your plans and purposes for me. So I wanna encourage you to do that if you've sensed God speaking to you this morning. And so I'm gonna pray as we conclude our time together. Let's join our hearts together in prayer as we do that now. Heavenly Father, we wanna thank You that Your Kingdom continues to move forward. And Lord, that this good news is for every person, Lord. There are no barriers in the Gospel. It's for every person, every culture, every background, Lord. And this is the good news, Lord, and that every person is so welcomed into Your Kingdom. And so, Lord, I wanna pray this morning for some that You're speaking to, just calling to Yourself, Lord. You'll just help them, give them the courage just to respond, take that step of faith this morning. And for all of us, Lord, as we've opened our hearts to Your words, we've listened to You, Lord, the truths, You're speaking to us, that You would find in us a responsive people willing to step out, willing to step out in faith, Lord, willing to share this message with our world. This is our heart and our desire, great God, the message that transforms lives. So bless each one, I pray, wherever they are on the journey of faith and the journey of life, bless them, I ask and I pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. That concludes our service today, but don't forget our service tonight at 6pm and don't forget that statewide prayer celebration tonight at 7pm as well. We'd love you to come and join with us, but God bless you. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.